0: Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host, Mark Kennedy, joined this week by Karen Collins, Jubilant Rory Walsh. How are things, lads? Good, Mark. Yeah, great, good, Mark. great, all good. I suppose uh, tonight we'll kind of focus in on the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship, guys. quarter uh, Finals in the books, kind of deja vu. 12 months later, we have our four teams in the All Ireland semi-finals that we had last year. So Claire cruising to victory against Dublin, but well, I suppose injuries mounting here. Rory, Galway respond after Leinster hurling final defeat beating Tipperary. I suppose we'll have a sneak preview, guys, of the All Ireland semi-finals, and also anything else that's really catching our attention intercounty wise. Suppose, guys, let's kind of kick off to us Gaelic grounds. I suppose a swirling to us Gaelic grounds on uh, Saturday afternoon and evening. Suppose Rory, will kick off with yourself. Uh, Clare facing Dublin. I mean, five twenty-six is a massive score to be putting down in a quarter final. I suppose. Get your thoughts, uh, Rory.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose uh, Dublin hung in there for a long spell in the first half, and actually had a chance of a, just briefly before uh, Clare went up the field and got finished the second half really strong with two-two at the end. Dublin had a chance for you uh, know a half chance of a goal, and had that gone in. They would have been, you know, leading coming in towards half-time. But uh, to be honest, like, from the very start, you could see that, like, that central pathway right through the centre of Dublin's defence was wide open. And Claire had exploited it two or three times, had butchered a goal chance or two, um, had taken a couple of goal chances. And I said to... I said to my brother after two or three minutes, I said, Claire could get seven goals here Because it just... They were completely wide open. We're talking um, players the wrong side and they men on the break. Uh, like, I felt sorry, like, putting Paddy Doyle... Uh, who, you know, a young up and coming player in Dublin, putting them on Tony Kelly in his debut season. And, like, as you can see from replays, like, he's caught the wrong side twice on breaks. And just like, there was a fair deal of naivety with how, how Dublin set up there. And, um, and clear, like, with David Fitzgerald running through Kelly, uh, O'Donnell, like, they just kind of rampage forward. And it could have been actually a lot worse, um, because um cleared like definitely in second half like kind of stopped going for goals and just took their points when they were when they were on offer um so yeah look i suppose it brings into question again the whole um setup with the third place team in leinster at the minute um getting to the last six in the country when when you end up with games that aren't um competitive becomes a big issue but from a clear point of view they did the business um as you said mark the worry is injuries um Already hurt out with a finger injury just um this week, and then um David McInerney didn't start. Adding to Conor Cleary who was out, and then during the game, of course, John Conlon, who looked to have a serious concussion at the time, and then um also uh, um also the other uh, uh, Shane O'Donnell who limped off as well. So like they are five serious players, and the only thing is like we're not talking long term injuries apart from Conor Clearys, who it'll be seven weeks in the semi final when he comes back in. They're kind of um like a lot of them are niggly injuries, or you know ones that you normally put a two to three week time frame on. But the thing is, like they might be back and and get a clean bill of health to play. But the amount of training they'll have done between now and the semi final would be a worry because I'm sure these boys are resting up and being looked after. So that's the only thing. Well, they lose a bit of match sharpness and a bit of sharpness you get in training. Um, you know that, that's that's the worry. If for some of them, like I suppose you really want your spine fit, don't you? You want your Conor Cleary and uh, Conlin. Faith Shane O'Donnell, like you're 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 talking there, like centre back, full back centre forward, like vital positions. Aidan McCarthy, free taker, Dave McNerney, with his experience, he's one of the, the few twenty thirteen players still there. So uh, yeah, look, it, it's it's that's the worry, I suppose. But uh, in terms of how they were moving and how the forwards are moving, um that was very, you know, that was very positive.
0: Karen, get you in there, I suppose, general reactions to that Claire win over Dublin.
2: <sighs> I suppose looking at the at the game, I think the first, I suppose, ten minutes, five ten minutes, Clare looked, you know, they they got scores on the board, but I don't think they looked that sharp. And and I'm totally honest, I think the first thirty minutes, I think Clare were there for the taking. Um, I think if that was the performance Clare put in in a semi final against Kilkenny you know, I I'd be fear afraid, afraid, afraid of Clare of um, where they might be. They could find themselves ten points down. You know, I think they were, you know, they a lot of mistakes, drop balls, wides, um. I think you know they got they got a, a one two to um no score ahead of Dublin, and then Donald Burke was off and like just straight away you're thinking Dublin are in big bother here, but like, to their credit, they outscored Clare by one five to two points over the next you know fifteen twenty minutes, and at that stage where okay that t- thirty minute stage they were they were in the game and well in it, but you know it was that three minute period before half time where Clare ran off two three you know that's a sucker punch to any team and. I think from that stage and then the early goal, uh, Kelly's goal in the second half, you know that was the, the final nail in the coffin. But yeah, I think Rory said it like the like the Red Sea part. And every time David Fitzgerald made a, a run from deep, you know it it just opened for him. And, he, and you know there was no tackles put in. It was it, you know I think we all thought with Donald on off, that, that might lose him the game, but I think the the problem really for them was in defence, you know, they, it was just non-existent at times there, especially, you know, that period before half-time and, and, and after, I think Tony Kelly, he's one of the best hurdles in the country, you know, it was right place, right time, but, you know, that's what makes him so good is he's in that space, he's in that right place at, the, at that moment, and, um, you know, another great performance, 3-4, and I think Mark Rogers as well, you know, uh, was a one he scored, and 1-6 from play, but you know, will they get the same space against Kenny? They're not going to. Um, you know, Mikey Butler will have different ideas for, for um Tony Kelly, and he he's not going, got one to see him scoring three, four off him. So Claire got through the game, and I hope that the result doesn't take away from the true narrative. I think especially of that first half where, you know, they were wide open. There was a lot of, they were sloppy. There were, you know, a lot of mistakes made, and you know, if you put that performance in 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 Crow Park, you know, you're in. You know, our Ireland semi-final here, like there's, there's nothing given away for nothing, and you know, you make these mistakes at that, at that grade, at that stage of a competition, like you're going to get punished. And I hope Claire learned from that. And I think the other side is the, the injuries. You know, as I said, Roy said a couple of niggly things, but I suppose they will hamper preparation. And uh, you know, I think for Conlan, you know, it looked like a, ba- a bad, you know, concussion. But um, I think we've seen the. The the side effects of when Connell didn't take to the field last year against Kilkenny like they need him on the field, they need kind Cleary back. You know, they need a full fifteen, Kenny are are sitting there looking and and, and based on yesterday's performance they won't be too concerned with Clare coming in. So I think for Clare they need a serious um uh increase in performance and, and intensity from what well, yesterday. But look at are there. The game will do no harm. Injuries aside and uh I'm sure they're Champion at the best to to try and get revenge uh, over Kilkenny for last year.
0: Absolutely right. A few runs. and I suppose Rory. Uh, getting back to you, I know we can allude to the kind of the poor probably start of the game from Clare. Well, actually, they started pretty well in terms of the early goal. Yeah, and there was but, a bit of a lull, really, wasn't there? But uh, I suppose what do you bring? I was
1: first five minutes. minutes. First five minutes, it one two scored, and they'd missed another one two, and you're thinking. The- this is uh, this is only going to go one way, and like there, there was a sloppy period. But I always felt Jordan appeared that like once they got things right, I don't know Jordan. I was never overly worried. I would have been had Dublin got that the one I spoke about just before when Clare went up, uh, maybe about thirty-three minutes. They, they, um, there was a goal chance for them. Uh, Paul Crummy actually like was one of the only um, Kieran was talking about Donald Burke going off early, a real hassle inside. And um, apart from um, uh, apart from McCallaghan, he scored. Uh, Three points. They were the only two guys to score more than one score from Dublin. No other player (laughs) got more than one score in the game. Which Crummy did cause um, Adam Hogan problems because he was taking them on every time. And uh, look, it's just something, uh, I suppose, you see so so many forwards win the ball and kind of run out from goal. And some players are brilliant shooting over their shoulder and everything. But when you take on a guy, like cornerbacks do not want lads, you know, trying to turn him as we saw Connor Whelan do very effectively in the second game. They prefer to keep the forward outside, and if he shoots a, a magnificent point over his shoulder for play, but Crummy actually really took on Clare backs. He was the only lad really. And um, Danny Suckliff won a good bit of ball, but um, he's a great talent at switching Hurley and catching the ball with his right hand. But like the kind of end product, he had four wides in the first half alone. Yeah. You know, and there were points uh, as Kieran said when Claire were looking a bit sloppy and shaky. Had they gone over then, you know, it, that's really when when. There could have been signs of an upset. But then, uh, just thinking back to Dublin against Kilkenny when they met, down in Olin Park and Dublin, like, hung with Kilkenny for 50, 60, 55 mi- minutes, maybe. And, like, they looked like a Joe McDonough team against Clare, so <laughs> there's two ways of looking at it as well if you compare um, both performances against Dublin. Now, I know in hurling like, every game is completely different, but um, just, like, I, I don't know, I are are people reading too much into the Kilkenny game last year? Like, I think maybe Kilkenny's performance against Limerick in the final is a bit more realistic as to where Kilkenny are. I think Clare made them get stood back last year. Like it was, it was a complete um, capitulation a away from Clare. And I just hopeful that doesn't happen this time around. Look, if it happens two years in a row, like there's serious issues, but um, look, uh, they're there anyway. And that's the, the main thing. Like the, uh, with the way the Munster Championship started, having lost to Tipperary, like if you were told you'd be in a learning semi final, like <laughs> you'd bite the hand off, you know, be there. So, um, yeah, and, and look, uh, there is two weeks for injuries to clear up, as I said, no major ones. It was great to see John Conlon get up and walk off the pitch because it was right in front of where I was. And I just at the time, to like, you know, the hit nearly reverberated through the stand. It was just, um, you know, he got caught completely wide open, just turning, turning on a high ball, and we all like saw the collision. And uh, it was very worrying at first, but look, it was great that he was able to, to you know, get up and, and walk off himself. Like, um, So that was a positive sign, if anything. And look, usually with concussions, you're talking a 14-day protocol. It was a serious concussion, and, like, the game is on the 15th day. So that's what we were saying. We might have a lot of these guys back, but how much training they'll have done in the meantime is the issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think health is the, the biggest perspective here, but the collision was sickening all right, so I wish John Conan well. But I suppose he has that target now of fifteen days to get recovered. And I mean, going from twelve months back as well, from the Kilkenny Clare perspective, John Connor will be eager to get on the pitch there and make an impression. I suppose Karen, kind of looking at this Clare performance, particularly that either side of halftime, it really did showcase what Claire are all about here. I thought when they linked the play very well through the lines, good things happened here and they're gonna to have to do this a bit again against Kilkenny, Dave Fitzgerald, but particularly Mark Rogers inside. Has been, you know, really prominent in the last few games. And I suppose a bit more inside quality ball to Mark Rogers. And yeah, Claire are going to be such a live threat from this in this Ireland semi final.
2: Yeah, I think, look, we talked up Rogers last year, and I think injury kind of hampered his year a bit. But, you know, def- definitely this year and, and the last few games in particular, I think he's been really, really impressive. He's a goal target in that inside full forward line, you know, and you know, I, I even for have him as a backup free taker as well. I know Abe McCarthy was out and, you know, probably a big loss in the freeze because I think we've seen Claire struggle in the past with, with free taking. Um, you know, Tony Kelly, obviously the, the the as good a player he is, sometimes struggles on the on the dead balls, but you know, I think he's a he's a good um a good backup in there for him. But yeah, yeah Claire, look they they were impressive, but I, to me it's just how easy Dublin made it for him. Clare, were impressive in running. And I have been in, in games this year. Um, but I think just like Dublin, it, 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 the sea's open for him. And uh, at times you're wondering, like he was junior defending, really. Um, so it, I suppose, look, the, the test will be Kilkenny Kenny in two weeks' time. Um, and hopefully, you know, if they get over Kilkenny Kenny again in the, in the All-Ireland final. But um, they have been impressive. But uh, to, for me, on Saturday gone, I think Dublin just made it too easy for him. I suppose Rory... Mm-hmm. Like and perfect. even, like,
1: the first goal, sorry, uh, Mark, oh no, the, just the first goal, even, like, Owen O'Donnell, who's was you know much lauded Dublin standout player, and you can see, as Kelly is coming through, he has to go to him, and mm. may Kelly give the hand pass, but to just stand off, stand off, so Kelly could get close enough to take a shot. Like, uh, you know, you're looking for your experienced players there to step in. I mentioned Paddy Doyle, like, in his first season, chasing Kelly back, but you, you want your experienced players making the right decisions in those mo- m- moments, especially the very start of the game when Dublin needed to settle a bit, and not let Claire, you know, get off to because as, as uh, um, as floppy that start kind of kept clear clear uh, uh, just about ahead head or level all the time because they had that one two got scored. And, like, uh, yeah, I suppose from a Dublin point of view, though, like the players they've they've lost very recently, like you're looking, um, Ronan Hayes this year, Dylan, Eamon Dylan, uh, Liam Rush, like, uh, these are Chris Crummy, and uh, I think as well, just um playing Dublin underage and talking to some of their management, uh, you hear them talking a lot about how guys, a lot of their star hurlers underage are star footballers as well, and I think it, it, in Dublin, there's no real uh, hurling area, football area. You have like Kilmacode, Bally, Bowden, they're all strong football as well. So it ends up when they get to minor, they're dual players up along and they all choose to the football when they get to minor and it's probably trying to bring guys through from under 14. Um, so they're kind of wondering like, where's this conveyor belt in Dublin gone? Because for a few years like from the 2013 team they were bringing through a few players every year they might not have had the same success as that kind of team around then but now they just seem to be kind of slowly kind of getting further and further behind the the big teams you know
0: it is the conundrum isn't it you know dublin being big massive football county as well like there is Kula as well you know <laughs> you know they've won a few all-ireland uh, club titles so i mean i think the talent is certainly there but it's that dual code thing isn't it i mean you see with Arnold Donald there last mm-hmm. year, he switched to the footballers as well. There's a big lure there in terms of the football, and I think the Hurling prog- programme needs kind of a bit of a marquee campaign, really, to kind of stabilise. I suppose, Karen, from your perspective, I mean, Donald Burke being an absolute standout this year, and we've been fearful of burnout for Donald Burke, particularly at the start of the league. We'd heard about injury concerns about Donald Burke, and unfortunately, the hamstring injury he sustained early, I think, was systematic of the over-reliance on Donald Burke from Dublin from that perspective, but I suppose your thoughts for Mihala O'Donoghue and the Dublin camp going into the winter time, I suppose, what should they be focusing on and improving on?
2: I, I think we all saw that fear. Um, not even this year, but even last year as well. Um, that if something must have happened to Donald Burke, you were struggling to see where the scores were going to come from. Credit to Dublin, I suppose that, that period just after he went off, they kind of really, you know, upped the intensity and, and, you know, obviously all score clear one, five to two, but Dublin had really had to work hard for their scores. And, uh, you know, I look. Donal Burke is probably one of the top five hurlers in the country, and and you know, without him, it, it was always going to be a huge ask. But I think for Meath, like, I Like, it's kind of hard to know what kind of a year. Obviously, he's in a rebuild job in Dublin. I'm sure there's you know huge numbers, but I, I'm obviously as Rory said, there the fun, football is always going to be a serious uh, competitor in competition for the hurling up there. Um, I think Dublin did a good 20 team this year. I suppose is is you know, Mihal done Dunhu's job is to, you know, focus on getting these guys into the current crop of players he has and, and working from there. And I think it won't be it won't be a one or two year, you know, task. It'll be a three to four or five year rebuild job. A huge numbers in Dublin. But I suppose it's the it's trying to get him to dedicate to hurling only. I suppose internally is where the issues are in Dublin. Um, but I you know I think it's been a probably a bit of a mix year for Mihal who and uh Kind of baptism of fire, really, into a, what kind of a hard task it's going to be for him. Like
1: I was kind of surprised as well, Kieran, that a, play, a manager of his experience didn't switch to a sweeper. I know like, none of us want to start out with a sweeper, but the warning signs were there and they were still in the game and they just looked open, so open that you'd at least try and plug that gap in front of the D to stop more goals going in. Um, it just, uh, like everyone could see that it was, it was kind of the writing was on the wall in terms of what Claire get more goals because. They were just running through them and uh not to maybe plug that gap and put it in, maybe even just stem the tide for twenty minutes, especially, you know, either side of halftime, get into half time um in the game. But uh yeah, I just thought like that that I couldn't believe how how wide open they were, you know, and that it wasn't kind of um rectified during the game. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like me from the half back line, there was a distinct lack of pace there, wasn't it? And, like if it's Charles, Shane O'Donnell, count them, Tony mm-hmm. Kelly, like the pace wise declared that just had no answer for it. Like Derek Gray was operating as a third man midfielder, but I thought it was completely naive from Dublin from start to finish here in terms of their defensive setup. You know, as I say, when the goals did go in, just tried to stem the tide even after half time. Yeah, just, I just think it's lessons learned here for Miaul O'Donoghue. I think to be fair to O'Donoghue, he's there to enhance the grassroots, really establish what's there before in terms of the hurling structures, the underage programs. We've seen with the minors, we've seen in the under 20s, they are competitive in terms of Leinster. So, I think the aim will be to earmark maybe a few of these guys to come up uh to the seniors. But I mean it's at this point and end to the season for Dublin. But I suppose Clare can uh, march on confidently.
2: I think Double Clare mark is one or two concerns I would have, um one of them is their their wide count, you know, fifteen yeah. wides, uh nine of them in the first half. And you know, you combine that with the, the last game against Limerick where they had twelve wides and, and three balls dropping short, obviously they wouldn't have been under the same pressure uh from Dublin that it would have been on against Limerick. So I suppose that's, well, that's what one area of concern. And, and the other thing as well is that 16 uh, freeze conceded. You know, they're, they're a team, probably similar to Limerick, that are playing on the edge defensively. You know, we've seen it over the years. We've got the odd red card in games. And, you know, I think, far clear, it's something to look at just to be careful because, you know, a red card at any stage in one of the last two games and it can be detrimental. And, uh, you know, I think just to look at their... It, it, it's, you know, Limerick do it. They play on the edge, and, you know, it's probably what makes teams as good as they are. But I think it's just something to, for, for Lowell and crew, just to keep an eye on because, you know, you pick up a right card against, you know, in a Ireland semi final. And, you know, we've seen it over the years. We've seen it with when Kenny played Tipperary and uh, Richie Hogan got sent off. You know, it was game over at that stage. And I think it's just something that Claire should be looking at as well.
1: Um, yeah, just as well. Last year, I think cleared over twenty wise against Kilkenny in that game, something like twenty-two That's wise. Boring, it is an yeah. issue with the team. Um, I just I just find like when when the one or two shots like early in the second uh, in the first half, sorry, go amiss, then they should like for a few minutes just really like give the ball to the guy in the better position. Don't be like shooting over your shoulder from the sideline as we saw. Just kind of they need a bit more uh, experience at times when it comes to that as to. Um, when things are going action. well, like all those shots go over, like as we saw yeah. in the second half. Um, David Fitzgerald got one like the Hurley running at full speed from the sideline. Like they go over when when, when your team are up ten points, everything. But you know when when you're struggling for scores, well, they, like, they're, they're it, a crowd lifter as well. You know
2: they they get the crowd going as well. Like and, and they're probably worth two points early, but it's just you know mm-hmm. like poor decision making at yeah, times, yeah, shot selection. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think definitely Claire have the ability here, Rory. I mean. Look, in terms of running through the lines here, I thought when they just linked up play beautifully from minute thirty to kind of minute forty five. I mean, again, completely closed out the game. And I think that's where I think Brian Law and James Moore here will be really looking at that videotape saying if they can really kind of get the middle third to be as cohesive. Talk Caham alone went through an amount of ball here. Likes it, David Fitzgerald as well. Another prominent display off the midfield duo. So I think there was positives. I'm not sure. What can you say about Tony Kelly, like 3-4, like from play? Just, um, you know, and he was kind of out of it for a little bit in that opening period. But, geez, like, you know, he gets the two goals in the opening period. And, again, some of the points were sensational as well. So, I mean, not awful lot of positives here, Rory, I'd say, for Clare as well.
1: It is look, the forwards are are really clicking this year. Like, and um, just having Mark Rogers fully fit gives – a bit more depth. David Reedy came off the bench the last day, you know, didn't look 100% sharp, but he's just, it was great for him to get, you know, 25 minutes in as well. Um, so, from another end, like we are, there are some players returning. Um, having Aidan McCarthy fully, you know, fit again to play this year, never played at all last year in the Championship. It's it, like there's definitely stronger. Even Shane Mori wasn't available last year. So the squad is much stronger than last year. Um, it's just about putting the performance in now in the semi final. Like uh, that's it. Like it's last year was a non performance. Um, and everything uh, that we alluded to there—the shot selection, and everything that could go wrong—in a way, it did go wrong. Um, matchups as well was an issue with maybe how clear his management reacted to John Conlon being injured. Just didn't get the matchups right against Kilkenny, and that's that's a big one. Like with threats like Owen Cody and even you know TJ, and um, you know it, it, it's if you remember as well, Kilkenny's their own injuries with Adrian Mullen. You know, um, it's big question marks over him. So look, it's not hard one way either. But look, uh, no, it's good to be there. And I just really hope that this time, I said this, I sound like I'm going myself here, but like Clare really need to bring a performance. Like this team have been around a few years now, and they can't just be, you know, moral victories and they have to uh, deliver now in the big stage. Yeah, I think there.
2: last year you could look and say, you know, it was a lack of depth. That was probably the main issue. And, uh, you know, the round robin, I think that's what Tipperary have been called out on this year is a, is a lack of strength and depth. And, you know, the testing around robin a couple of weeks and, uh, it's come back to buy them as well. But I think for Claire, like to have the the bench. I think to be fair, Aaron Shanahan will be kinda of critical of, but you know, he he's he's producing every day, comes on getting the two points um, every week. And I suppose Galvin coming on as well. And you know, I suppose that's something Claire didn't have last year and, and it could be critical, like, you know.
0: Yeah, and Dar and Darrell Lowan as well, Rory. I mean, thought that was a left field move maybe to some outside of the county, but thought he quit himself very well inside in in the corner there, Rory.
1: Yeah, possibly got a bit too close to the forward at times, you know, when he was second to the ball and got, gave away a couple of frees where he, got, he was tangled, you know, tangled legs. He was so close to the man in front. what impressed him was he's used to the ball, you know, for a, a lad being thrown in that Ireland quarter final. I'm sure he wasn't expecting all week to be in there. And suddenly, you know, David McInerney is out and he's thrown in there. And for him, I thought he's used to the ball. Like he never wasted the ball coming out. His head was up. He found the player and, you know, helped set up a lot of the attacks that way. But yeah, it looks slotted in all right. And, um, you know, even even if um players do return back, like, he's still an option. If now, like, he, a lot of the nerves will be gone from him just getting that run out the last day, um, should he have to feature, you know, in
0: future games. Absolutely. No, I think, to be fair, it's uh, another positive uh, for Claire there. But, again, I think you've mentioned it, Rory, to start of this video stream. And our podcast is going to be published later on in the week the five guys you've mentioned here for Claire need to be kind of fit ready for selection against Kilkenny because it's going to be a different, (laughs) different animal, different thoroughbred in Crow Park uh, in two weeks time. I suppose we can probably move on to the second game. I mean, myself and you Rory, we were really looking forward to this matchup between Galway and Tipperary. We we thought it would be a lights out shooting fest, but I mean, to be fair, pretty cagey. That was pretty tense. But again, from a Galway perspective, you know, I was in Ormore, uh during the, the contest. Made a bit of hard work, but we're fully deserving winners against a disappointing temporary side.
1: Yeah, um, I, th- I thought, like, from the start, Goddard just seemed to have a bit more of a physical edge than him. Uh, just kind of came across to the ground. Um, they looked more up for it. They were winning those uh, rocks and 50-50s. And um, to be honest, like, uh, if it wasn't for, you know, the, the amount of one-on-one goal chances missed, Goddard would have won this game by a lot more than two points. They left tip in it by just, you know, I suppose not being clinical enough, and also Rich Shelley, Shelley making a few outrageous saves for Tipperary, but I think this game is more about Tipperary as well not bringing a performance, and uh, it was a, I don't hate you as a word tame, but it's kind of a, you have to say it was a tame effort from Tipperary, like, uh, we mentioned last week as well, Galway getting to grips with Noel McGrath, who's kind of been the heartbeat of the team this year, and like, must have been some boost to Galway to see Noel McGrath being substituted you know, fifty-five minutes in, and uh, guys like uh, Jake Morris there, who we kind of had questioned for inconsistency in the past, he sets the world alight one day. You know, especially if he gets like kind of a, a separation from the defender and a. But like this game, like there wasn't there wasn't breathing space for the tip forwards, like, and his contribution like was minimal. You know, and that really must disappoint like the likes of Cahill, who need the, the likes of Morris to step up to be the new leaders in the forward line. But, um, yeah, I just thought as well, like, one big difference between the side was just basic ball winners in the forward line. Um, Conor Whelan, any type of ball into him, like, he'll he, it'll stick. And then at the other end, like, since Bonner Maher is gone, like, who is Tip's big, and having to put Dan McCormick further back to field, who are Tip's ball winners in the forward line? They can all hurl when they get the ball, you know, put, put in their hand, but when it's a 50-50 ball, um, that was that was another thing that was kind of pretty evident, I thought, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, Kieran, got you in here. I mean, Rhys Shelley had a superb game for Tipperary and the goals, but I I just thought Tipperary just out coached. I thought they were just out muscled by Tipperary or by Galway from start to finish here.
2: Yeah, I suppose <clears throat> if you look at the Tipperary performance against Limerick, the intensity they brought, like we lauded them for their, you know, their hooks and blocks and you know all the basic skills of the game, and just didn't seem to have it there. But I think the tactics were wrong from the start as well. You know, I think putting long ball in on top of Shane Cannon and. Look, he's been a great server for Tipperary, but he, he's not the player he once was. I, I think he's a struggle all over the field. I think, you know, this year when Tipperary were going well, Noah McGrath was the, the orchestrator behind it all. And I think Sean and I did a great job on him. You know, I think he had three shots to goal and put them all white. I'm, I'm sure the swirling breeze had a, a big impact on, on shooting in both games. But Tipperary, like, what did they have? Two or three points from playing the first half? You know, this, this really you know, I think it's worse than what we saw Tipperary play last year in certain games. Um it's up there with the the Waterford game as well. Just they, they just weren't there. But then you look at it and you say there were still only two points off in all Ireland semi final. You know, as bad as they played and and are going to get the laudits, but Galway should have been ten points up at halftime. You know, I think uh Connor alone missed you know, we'll talk about Reese Shelley making the saves, but one of them was straight at him. You know, I think it was it was easier to save it than not. You know, Whelan, I think he's come into a good fate of form the last couple of games, and, you know, Galway really need him, but, um, you know, really and truly, he could have had three goals scored himself coming coming into half-time. I think, you know, Tip were three points down and and lucky to be at that stage. I think Galway, to be fair, pushed on in the early second half, but, you know, like a a sloppy goal, I suppose, really a mistake for Galway to let John McGrath get their goal, and, like, Tip were straight back in it. I, I, I don't think Galway are as strong as the Galway we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, I think we've seen frailties, especially the Kakeni game in defence the last day. I think there's certain forwards who are not on a, a good current, you know, currently are not in good form. I think Connor Cooney, Brian McCannon, you know, shades of the player we've seen in the past. Uh, Connor Whelan obviously is the, is the main bright spark and shining light in that forward line. Um, Tom Monning came on and had a, a great impact. You know, I think he'd be disappointed for not starting, and possibly you could see him start the next day. Uh, obviously, Sean O'Mahony had a great, uh, a good day, uh, you know, fifty-five minutes, on Noel McGrath. But you know, I think Galway, you know, as, as bad as where he were, Galway kept him in the game. Yeah, and I suppose
0: Rory, you get you in here, fifty percent shot accuracy during the game is not going to get things done in the All Ireland semi final. But saying that, I think Henry Shefflin management will be quite happy. They put a few left field turns in, particularly on their team selection at the end of last week. But I felt Keenan Fahi from Ardran played very well, dominant under the high ball with Danan, who basically nullified the playmaker, the quarterback of Tipperary, in Noel McGrath. And certainly you had Ronan Glennon coming in, and I thought his cameo provided so much energy in that middle third. And I thought it was a case study from a Tipperary perspective where middle third looks sluggish. I'm almost thinking they were running out of gas here, uh, Rory, but I suppose from your perspective, I mean from Galway, there's plenty of scope to improve but they'll certainly have no fear for Limerick in two weeks' time.
1: Oh, and I suppose last year they, they, they read Limerick so close in the semi-final and you're wondering, have Galway learned from that? Um, I must say I thought Shefflin did learn from the Leinster final to this game in terms of tightening up the defence. Like They weren't anywhere near as open as they were uh, at times and I suppose they learned a bit from the, the small bit they learned from the Tipperary Offaly game is you cannot give Tip tape, tape any space whatsoever because you know they're all good sticksmen and Galway just shut down that base to kind of choke the life out of the Tip forward line in a way and like I just thought like they were physically an imposing team as well like we all know it like dahi Bark Just these are huge men like and they're Parik Manion, Mannion um, and all over the pitch Keenan Fahey as well like he was a revelation in the game um, I didn't know a lot about him going into last year it was his first season starting last year. And for me, he didn't really set the world alight. I uh, but my God, like was he? He was a, a force on Saturday evening. And um, Kieran is right. Like a few of the forwards are misfiring. Tamannan had been misfiring previously and came off the bench. And those three points were crucial coming down the stretch. Three great scores. Um so yeah, I, I suppose Shetland now has to kind of—is he going to go with form again, or is he going to maybe have one or two to come off the bench and do that, especially against Limerick, where maybe last year when it came down the stretch, Godway when the substitutes came on, Limerick were bringing on David Reedy came on, scored a bit, and then Colin O'Neill, whereas Galway weren't getting scores off the bench. So I suppose there's a lot to think about from Sheffield. Um The only thing, again, I'd say is like, it will match Limerick physically, as we know. You know that's one thing you have to do against Limerick is, because um, like you're coming up against uh, Hegarty, Hayes, big men, Willa Dunhu as well. Like, so Galway have that. But uh, again, look, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, there's a lot for them to, to work on. They probably, a reason as well, their, their forward line looked a bit, uh, kind of at times that disjointed was because their uh, backline, they pulled so many men back that when they sometimes they just had to launch a ball where where it was a 1v2. And uh, so unless it went to Conor Whelan, like (laughs) who was winning a lot of the 1v2s um, at the other side, like it was just coming straight back out again. But like Tipperary, like this was, a a, as I said earlier, a tame performance. And I was just thinking there, like the three great lies in modern Ireland there, Ryan Turbary's wages, peel and reseal hand packages, and Tipper back because... And their last two performances, they are not back.
0: No, you take that awfully performance out of it, Rory. There has been a different performance quite clearly here. And again, from a team and a management that have basically set up to really nullify space inside in that Tipperary full forward line. So I think there's question marks here for Tipperary. I think it'll be a long winter here Karen Fordham, and particularly for Liam Cahill and Michael Bevans. I think the tactics, you know, even the preparation, I'm thinking of the injury list that they've had to have. I think that's no coincidence and you're looking at Waterford as well, at the end of their tenure as well. The energy levels in that Waterford camp towards the latter end of the tenure of Liam Cahill wasn't there. So, is there things here that the management even have to adjust here? I mean, identify a few new players and even bring back a few new players, like likes of I know Craig Morgan didn't play, but I mean, even likes of Barry Heffernan. But besides that, there could be a turnover of significant players here in that temporary panel at the end of the season here, Karen. So it's going to be an interesting period for Tipperary here going into the winter.
2: Yeah, I think we highlighted this earlier in the league. Um, I suppose a huge factor for Tipperary was going to be depth. And I think that's what we're seeing now is the lack of depth that Tipperary had. And I think you could probably compare it to, to maybe Clare last year, where after that Munster final, Clare, you know, I think definitely that Wexler game, you know, they were there for the taking that day and then against Kilkenny. It was like a burnout and Clay and Claire, I think were in that position last year where they didn't have the same depth that they did have last year. You know, you're adding in Mark Rogers, Aiden McCarthy. I think defensively, Adam Hogan's came in as well. You know, so they they're adding a few more players. Shane Amori. Uh, I think Tipperary are at that stage where we're seeing the, the consequences of a, a round robin system where it's it's intense. It's you know it's week on week. It's hard on the body and it's hard on on squads and an injury list can grow. We've seen that for Tipperary this year. A partial ageing squad as well. You know, like, all these things are factors, I think. And it, it is testing. And I think we've, it's shown over the last couple of years, you know, the teams that have the, the stronger squads seem to do, you know, to do better. Uh, the likes of Limerick have done okay. Obviously, you know, they done more than okay. But, you know, Clekenny where they have big squads of players. But I think for the most part, Tipperary have been picking from 15, 18 players especially in this, um, in their own Robin. I do think there'll be a big change in, in uh, you know, I, I think Shane McCannon is definitely one that could step, step away. I think Bonamar, there's a couple of guys that are, you know, maybe a, a few years left. I know Ronhamar is, is probably 27 or that, 28. Um, Cahill Barr is probably the same. There's probably four or five guys the same vintage there at Jason Ford in around that 29-30 mark. Would it be surprised if either any of them stepped away? Probably not. You know, they're around a long time. A lot of miles on the clock. You know, I think this year, obviously, Tipperary fans thought they were back. Um, They weren't too shy about letting people know what they thought. But I, were they really? I think this year, my paper over the cracks, you know, last year we talked about Tipperary and, and, you know, as a county, they were in trouble. You know, I think, obviously, they were, you know, a good league campaign and, and probably, you know, I, I suppose, had high, you know, the, the fan base and, and. You know, and a high after what last year was, but like you know, strip it all back. They won one game, you know, in the championship, um. And it was, if you look at it, had they beaten Galway on Saturday, you know, were they deserving of an All Ireland semi final place? Probably not. You know, I think okay, you could make a case for for Galway, but I think for Tipperary, when they strip it all back, and uh they'll be disappointed with the uh, with the championship. But I think there's a lot of factors to play. You know, obviously, management might have a look at them, their own procedures, or you know, like I heard after the the Waterford game, training was hard and intense, and you know, maybe that's. I think for most teams, like when you're in the round robin, it's more recovery at this stage. You know, getting from game to game, uh, and you know, having big training blocks in in between a round robin series could be detrimental to squads. Look, Tipperary have had a certain amount of unluck as well this year, I think, with injuries. But, you know, looking at the immediate future and, you know, in the next year or two, you could see big names stepping away. And I suppose at the minute you're you're looking to go where are these names going to come out of to, to fill these big shoes. And at the minute, it's hard to see where they're going to come from.
0: Yeah, it, it it is going to be an interesting kind of off-season here for Tipperary. Obviously, the objective of Liam Cal and Michael Bevins was to get Tipperary competitive in Munster. You can probably say yes. But I think this performance, particularly Rory, is just speaking to a few Tipperary um, friends and relations. I think it's um, it's maybe not expected, you know, unexpected given what happened in terms of that Water performance. That certain folks here would have seen the dip in performance. And I mean, you look back to that hurling Lee campaign as well. That Limerick performance in the semi-final first half they were absolutely spectacular, blown away out of it in the third quarter and. To be fair to Tipperary, it's only year one of Liam Cahill Michael Bevans. But, yeah, I think there's still significant improvement required. And I think they've found an absolute standout keeper in Reese Shelley who could be there for the next five to eight years. But I think going down right the spine of the team here, I think there's maybe fundamental changes that are probably going to be in progress probably in the league next year.
1: Yeah, and I suppose the one thing uh, they need is physicality in the forward line. And... Like, you look at where, where was the Prairies, Keenan Fahey, you know, a big man who threw himself in and win ball, break ball. Um, like, you were on about team selection. Like, he picked six hurlers as six forwards. You know what I mean? And sometimes you have to have that mix. Like, uh, let's say, Peter Duggan for Claire, who's just there, like, a nuisance without the ball, competing in the air. Um, like, their use of Conor Bow as well. Like, Conor Bow seems to be playing very much out the field. And when I saw a bit of him underage, he looked like a ball winner inside. And maybe it's something that Liam Callan probably have to look at next year, having that big threat inside in the air as well, because, um, the high ball into Jamie Callan wasn't working as as Kieran said from the very start. You know, like you could see, Godwick could go along towards Whelan whenever, but it wasn't really an option for Tip because it was just coming straight back out. So I think that was the the biggest worry for Callan is that they just seem to be outfought. fought and. Um, so he's going to have to rethink he, his team selections next year and, you know, maybe sacrifice one or two hurlers for a couple of Warriors, you know, because for every uh, Lark Corbett, you had a Bonner Maher as well, you know. at uh, all Lark was well able to win his own ball, but you had Bonner bruising and, uh, and busting it up inside. So he has to get that mix, I think, and I think he didn't have that balance right with the team. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as you said, they're the kind of team that gives them space to destroy you, but as yeah. Galway stepped in their toes and there wasn't, you know, too much, it wasn't a great response from some of the players. I, mean, I think
2: I, yeah. I, I think as well, Mark, like, you know, Cannon and, and and possibly Bonner, you know, they could go, not go without, but, you know, they're obviously at the end of their, their hurling days for Tipperary, but I think I, if, if Noam McGrath steps away, like, it's huge, um, boots to fill the on this year, like, he's just been the main guy there, really, um, and, and the creator, I suppose, as such, I think he's he done a lot of good in Tipperary, and I think uh, of all the players that could potentially step away, he's one that they they were trying to persuade to stay around for another year, maybe year or two. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, I think it's going uh, to be an interesting off-season here because I think the likes of those mm-hmm. guys you mentioned, they owe absolutely nothing to Tipperary Harland. I mean, they've all-stars, they've all-Irelands to back it up through the age groups and seniors. So. But uh, I think for the in Michael Bevans, it's been an interesting year, one. But I think their focus is clear. They're going to have to add more quality, particularly in their panel. Uh, starting with the Tipperary kind of intermediate junior and the senior championship starting in a few weeks. But uh, look, going back to Galway here, uh, guys, like it was in more for the game. And I mean, there was a bit of pragmatism there from the locals that looked delighted to get the win, but knew that they'd made hard work of it. So, But I suppose looking at likes of the Connor Whelans here, the Keenan Fahys, I suppose looking defensively here, they looked a little bit more solid here in terms of Doherty Burke. Now Gerald McInerney did go off uh, late on. But I suppose, uh, guys, there was a steady determination here from Galway that I hadn't seen, you know, in quite a while, particularly after a Leinster Senior hurling final uh, loss that was so devastating. So I, I think Henry Shefflin did allude to it here, Kieran, as well that there was a reserve challenge match between Clare and Galway. He came out of that on Friday week last, pretty confident in terms of that the squad would turn up with a performance so approved. So I mean, Galway are kind of sitting in a nice spot here. They're delighted to be getting into the All Ireland semi final. And I think they have I suppose we can get to the All Ireland Senior Ireland Champions semi-finals. I mean, twelve months on. Uh, do we see like I mean, we know Galway and Limerick, you know, have been kind of tit for tat here in terms of their games here, Karen, but I know Limerick will be on high alert, but I suppose looking at Declan Hannon and Sean Finn out here, also maybe fitness concerns, Keane Lynch, there's a little bit of a vulnerability here, maybe from a Limerick perspective, that Galway may be able to exploit uh, this time round.
2: Yeah, and I think it's because of the players that are out that, you know, I think Declan Hannan has been such a, a mainstay in the center back that it's, I think only once or twice in, in, in the past couple of years, he's been out due to injury. And I suppose we don't know how we're going to deal without him. I suppose is the main question. Obviously from, from Kylie point of view, he has options, you know, he can slot Dan Morrissey out and bring Richie English into the full back line, or he can bring in uh, Kyle Hayes center back, which we did see him, uh, Slot in there the last day when when Declan went off, um, I suppose that won't be known until you know teams are named um on, on probably Friday evening, but I suppose that's one area of concern and maybe an area that Galway will look at. Um, there's obviously a bit you know two two all stars going to be missing out of that Limerick back six. I suppose with, with Connor Whelan in the farm, he's in. He's a player they're going to target. I think they'll they'll be trying to get a lot of ball to to Connor and. If he was half as effective as he was in the last two games, you know he'd be he'd be a big player for him. Look, I have say, we have highlighted or just said there earlier on like that uh, Connor Cooney, which is look, it's no surprise for him. He is that type of player that's in and out of it. I think he's struggling a bit for form. I think nylon as well. I I, I I personally I think nylon has been carried for for free taking. He's the type of hard where, unless he's in space, he struggles to get scores. Uh, I think it down the stretch there as well. He he um, had a shot of goal that he missed um, that could have put him two or three up. Look, he, he's a very good free taker, but I don't I don't know are they sacrificing a you know a deadly forward for him in there? I think Kevin Cooney's had a very good year. I think they're probably lacking a little bit midfield. I think David Burke's obviously a huge loss. But look at the the, the fancy themselves. I think historically the results between these two teams there's been very little between them. They're both physical teams and they'll match up very well physically, and it'll be a, you know I think it'll be a real ding dong battle. I think Galway will be happier there. I think they'll put behind their their Leicester final. They have things to work on. I think they're you know eighteen wides, and and probably leave behind four or five goals as well in a game where you know I suppose it's great to be going into a game with uh, improvements to make. Um, but they need every one of these like you know they need to create as many shots as they create against Super A, but they'll also need another. 25, 30% uh, more efficiency to have any chance, I think, to turn Limerick over. Uh, I'm sh- look, I'm sure they won't fear Limerick. Limerick aren't the power that they have been the last couple of years. Uh, and I'm sure vice versa. You know, I think John Kiley watching that game the weekend and looking at Galway and thinking, you know, they're, they, they keep Tipperary in that game. And I don't think there'll be a whole lot to fear from them. But, you know, as I said it's an Ireland semi-final. The stakes are a lot higher. I think maybe past farm goes out the window a little bit. It's all on the day now, and uh, you know I think it, it'll be a ding dong battle. And I suppose look, it, it it's going to be either team can win it without surprise. And uh, I suppose for me at the minute, I'm I'm going to get headed to Limerick just on. I suppose the farm that they're you know how how well they do in Crow Park. And I suppose they have had Galway's number the last couple of years as well. And as I think I said earlier, I think Galway this year so far haven't been as strong as but they have been maybe last year or the year before. And I think just based on that I'd be I'd be heading into Limerick.
0: Yeah, Rory get you in there. But I suppose from the Galway side, you know, things are progressing nicely now. We're into an All Ireland hurling semi final. The old Limerick won. And I think Henry Shefflin and management may have stumbled upon a bench impact here. Looking at Tom Onahan here from Crockwell, I say disappointed that he wasn't starting. But what a reaction. Three points coming on the bench. You know, Connor Cooney as well could come up with up trumps here. So I think Rory, look, there's massive respect between these two counties, Limerick and Galway. I think they know each other fairly well. And I suppose, Rory, look, Galway have every chance of pulling a result and getting into an all run final.
1: Yeah. And just kind of to to go, go with what Kieran said there, about, I think when it comes down to stretch as well, like Limerick have come out of the right side of tight games a lot recently and it's, it becomes an art form and just eking out and scratching out a win. And I, I, from, the, from Limerick's point of view, it's just the fact they remain composed and they don't, um, you know, they don't panic shoot or whatever. Like we saw a clear a bit of panic set into the clear forward line the last 10 minutes of the Munster final. It's a in Galway last year, last 10 minutes. And I'm sure it's something Shefflin, a man who never panicked <laughs> under pressure situations be trying to like get across to the players that they have to stick to what they do. Create, create a proper scoring chance, you know, um, especially when it's coming down the stretch. But yeah, as Kieran said, like these teams do match up very well. Just like the fact that it's probably going to be a tight game and Limerick win so many of these tight games that you just give them the nod there. One thing from a point to view they can't do the next day is, like uh, we spoke about how defensive Galway were and they were turning tip over. And then for a while they were trying to, at the very start of the game, they were trying to play the ball short and work it up. And then maybe through the first half, they just started launching ball themselves bit of tennis going on for a while, just tip launching the ball up, Galdo in it, launching back up the field like the distribution was really poor and you give the ball away against Limerick, they're not going to launch it back the field, they're going to work it to, you know, they're so good at working the ball out and their patterns of play with can have like, they you know, to, how to work the ball into position where they can, you know, hit, hit more than a 50-50 ball into a forward, so that's something Galway cannot just give away a possession against Limerick they're going to have to be a lot you know, more pro- protective of it, Um and as well, like, Limerick will realise, and we're talking about injuries in the backs, like, they're going to have to get the correct man on Conor Whelan. Um, and maybe even, like, if Galway plays defensive as it is against Tip, maybe double up on him, uh, cut off the space in front of him, because uh, Tip did leave a lot of space in front of him, even though Tip had an extra defender back there. Um, so, look, it's just a couple of things tactically that, I suppose, um, both management teams will be thinking about how to exploit at the other end. But, uh, look, it is set up to be a good, a good final, like... Um, semi-final sorry um, two good ones in a way because um, it's the same matchup from last year and you know you, you'd be surprised if if it's the same result in both games like um, it would just be a bit uncanny but it could easily happen I suppose but at the same time we might have a new final as well because um, there's nothing really between the teams and either semi-final
0: yeah I mean we can probably go to that Claire Kenny game just a brief preview given that next week we'll have the more in-depth one but I suppose even Kieran, even start from you, in terms of we haven't really talked about Kilkenny too much in this live video stream uh, tonight. But, I mean, they do have a few injuries to contend with. But, all in all, everything's pretty quiet down in Kilkenny, which is ominous enough here for Clare on the other side. And I suppose, look, the Leinster performance, Derek Ling and management would have probably identified a few areas of concern. But, again, the resiliency, determination, the, the injury list that Kilkenny had to contend with on that Leinster hurling file and violent, secure Bob O'Keefe in that manner should bode, bode well for them in an non-Iron semi-final here. I
2: suppose there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Um, I think Klikenny were very strong in that in that first half in the Leinster final, but I think the, the fact that they, you know, there was a 10-point turnaround in that second half where they were eight points up and, and, and Galway went two up. That's something they won't be, uh, the third thing, won't be happy about. Player-wise, looking in, I think Adrian Mullin is, is key. You know, I, I think he's crucial Like let get him back on the field to, to work in around the middle of the, middle of the field while he does um the scoring threat he, he he brings as well. Um I think for Clare like Claire need to get I think Claire need to get their 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 strongest fifteen back in the field. And I think defensively is where, you know, they definitely them back in you know Connor Cleary, uh John Conlon back in. I think Adam Hogan, like they're gonna see like I think I actually saw Own Cody up close here in the Wexford game a couple of weeks ago, like he you know he was in top form. He was on fire that day with scoring three one and you know, if you give him any any bit of space, you know he would punish you. He must secure keen as well. Uh, you know a real goal getter in, in the in the full forward line, and you know I think they have selection. You know, Tom has had a very good year, you know, and obviously TJ in there thereabouts as well. And you know, it might even be the Drennan slotting in. He's obviously working his way back from injury, but like we we've mentioned it so many times in the past is, is that attitude, the work that Kenny bring, and I, it gets him 70 percent of the way there any day they go out, they they never give up. And I'm sure they'll have their homework done on Clare as well, and, and uh, you know, obviously Clare will have learned a lot from last year, but you know, Klikenny are not going to lay off, and, and you know, I'm sure they'll have seen their possible weaknesses in that Dublin game the weekend gone by, but yeah, I suppose with the extra two weeks break as well, you know, it bodes in their favour, but uh, look, it's going to be a real, it won't be the, a game that happened last year, it'll be you know, really close game. And, you know, I suppose if the Kenny lay off and, and let Clare get a run, you know, of eight or ten points on him in a certain period of the game, it'll be, you know, it'll be clear in that final. Because, you know, the I think if, if Clare do get a right and, and get the strongest team in the field, um, you know, I think it will be a big ask for Kenny, but it's just so hard to write him off.
0: Yeah, Rory, Clare look to win on Sunday week what are the key areas here that they that should be looking to basically uh, get a result on? Yeah, I think,
1: I think the Kilkenny backline can be got at. Um, it's like They no longer have the great defenders like the JJ Delaney's and all that. Like they, they look a bit patchy at the back, like God, they put 226 in them. And they had two spells, they won six in the first five, six minutes of the Leinster final. And then that period, Kieran on about in the second half when they went um, from eight points down to two points up, like 10 points. And Clare, team, that when they do get a run... As we've seen in the games like against Cork and Ennis, like they can score heavily very quickly, and uh, as Dublin found out in the two or three minutes before half time. So I think Clare will be looking back at the, at the Leinster final and looking at some of the frailties in the Kenny backline and Wexford expose them as well. So look, there is there is, uh, I suppose, if there's weaknesses in both teams, it is their backlines. But uh, so you're looking at a shootout, but it'll probably turn out to be the opposite. Then teams that both teams will overcompensate a bit, like uh, Galway and, and Tip were predicting a big shootout as well um but uh look that that's probably I suppose where Claire can get at them um I think as well, like maybe the motivation has to be with Clare to after last year, like the and um you know it, it was a non performance, and that like knowing the way Lohan is like that'll be used as a stick to beat them with um over the next two weeks to try and get them given to deliver a massive performance now in in the big stage, but um, again, look, it, it it is hard to call it as you said. Two weeks out in terms of injuries, you just need to see who Claire will have back. Like if you're missing the spine of the team, it's going to be a tall order. Um, now, as I mentioned, Cleary should be getting close to back. Like we are talking, the alarm's be seven weeks since he picked up the injury, and the, the rest of the injuries, like as you mentioned, they're they're kind of uh, niggly types as opposed to being a big, you know, a serious injury. Adrian Mullins' injury seems to be, you know, a bit more serious, but again, he's had time, as Clear said, four weeks. As well, um, since the Leinster final, so look, um, I just, uh, I just, I don't know, I, I, I have a feeling that Clare are in a stronger place this year than last year. Um, I don't know, like, I thought everything last year, like, for Kilkenny, went well for them. Um, like as I mentioned, Clare still created a serious amount of scoring chances, but hit most of them thirty yards wide. There has to be something Clare look at again, and um, suppose was uh, the pressures on Tony Kelly now as well after having a poor performance last semi-final. You know, to to really like, really show you know that he he can lead this team as well, and, and when it gets to the semi final stage, so I, I think there's a lot of motivation for Clare, uh, and again, as as we pointed out with Kilkenny, you always point out it's so hard to beat them, and that they play like a team that have never won anything, like their hunger and fight down to the last minute. He's uh, only saw the last seconds of the Leicester final. They're never beaten until the final whistle. Even the Ireland final last year, like I, for me, Limerick looked seven eight points better team, and suddenly, with a few minutes ago, Kilkenny are right back in it. Like it's just that's the way they are. And um, Claire found, kind of found out to their power last year, like that. Uh, you know, Kilkenny are going to bring a certain level of performance and grow pairing in the All-Ireland semi final, and you have to at least match that to have any hope. And um, yeah, I, I just uh, just a bit, a bit more positive now. This year compared to last year. But again, look, it, it's so hard to call either semi final. Um, especially at this stage out until like until you maybe see starting teams that have a bit more of a, a an incline. But are we to believe starting teams get into it either? But uh yeah, look, they are the, the really like two good games to look forward to. And again, look, as I mentioned, I'd be surprised if it's the exact same outcome as last year with Klitten Limerick in the final. I know, uh could turn it that way, but you'd imagine one of them
0: would be turned over. Yeah. So guys, I know we're probably two weeks out here. We'll do the in-depth uh, preview next week, but I suppose given what we've seen so far this season, heading into the All-Ireland semi-finals, uh, who's our tips here, I suppose, Karen,
2: Tips to win it? Yeah. I look, uh, bias aside, I'll try bias aside, but you know, I think Limerick have probably started the year, obviously they sauntered through the league campaign, and I think you know, round-robin they've been building slowly. I think if they can get Keen Inch back in the field, it's going to be a huge plus. Definitely, the the injuries to Declan Hannon and Sean Finn are you know, huge negatives, especially at the back. Not sure Declan. You know, if we did get through the semi final, will he be back for the final? I think a lot of it is the unknown because it's rare we had to play without him. I you know he's such a, a distri- distributor, such a good distributor of the ball. Like you know, and, and and the balls he gives inside, I struggle. You know. Kyle Hayes, can he play the same role? You know, or or will they? You know, what I think, so I'd like to see is maybe uh, David Reedy in like a third midfielder role, you know, um, in front of, if it's Kyle Hayes or Dan Marcy in to distribute balls. I thought, you know, he showed the last day against Clare. Um, Some of the balls he played inside were exquisite. And, uh, you know, maybe leave Peter Casey inside and have Reedy play more deep. You know, it's just another option, maybe, but. You know, I think injuries aside, uh, all four teams are going to have to contend with injuries, and I suppose at this stage as well. But I think Limerick, as you said, uh, it's their—you know—if they can get to the final, it's that that record, like twelve finals, twelve wins. You know, it doesn't happen; it doesn't happen easily. You know, it, it's a it's a fair feat. Um, they, they just don't know how to lose in finals, and I think if they can get over Galway and get there, uh, you know, and if it doesn't end up being the trilogy that the, you know we're hearing in the media. Just the build-up would be huge up for the two weeks. You know, Limerick, Clare, Neighbours. Clare have beat Limerick. Limerick have be Clare this year, and I suppose it'll be the, the game that defines all. But just for me at the minute, I, 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 you, you have to give it to Limerick. You know, they're the All-Ireland champions, going for four in a row. I think you'd be not giving them the respect that do if you didn't uh, nod it to Limerick. And look, they've had their, I suppose they've had their, not issues this year, but they've had, you know... Um, non performances by certain players in certain games, but I think they are building game by game. Uh I think as Kylie, you know, always says, the incremental improvements week on week is what they look for. I think they do like Crow Park. I think we, you know, the record will show that the you know they play well when they get there. Uh they'll be hard, very hard to beat there. I think if, if Limerick don't win it, um the team that does go and win it will we, we'll will earn it.
0: Yeah, Rory, yourself seems like you're thinking, you know, Claire on Ireland semi final win. Who, who are you feeling? Limerick, always side.
1: Uh, look again. Limerick are the team to beat. Uh, as Kieran said, like, uh, until they're beaten in Crow Park, you know, they, they have such that go- such a good record there as well. And it's just them, um, uh, uh, they know how to win the tight games. Um, Galway are going to be incredibly dangerous, though. and You'd still, you'd just still wonder with with the injuries. I thought when Hannon went off the last day, uh, Claire that was part of Claire coming back into it. Uh, I know, it's hard to adjust. It's easier to adjust when you four weeks to uh, adjust to his last than uh, let's say four seconds when you're trying to trying to think like throw a lad in there during the course of the game because Claire had a bit of joy down that wing where Kyle Hayes left. You know, um. So yeah, you'd 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 have to until like Limerick a beaten there. You have to um. Given the nod, I don't think Limerick are, and Kieran said this, they're, they're not as strong as they were. They don't seem to be as strong as they were last year so far. So is there a big performance in the semi-final? Um, or like some of these guys who are off form, they've been slow to recapture it. Like I know they've shown glimpses a bit of times, but we're not getting the same. Like from, from Hegarty, you're not getting the same. Tour de force performance, like you know, he has traditionally played really well in Crow Park. Yeah, look, it, it's, it, it's also like you'd have to say they're incredibly dependent on Galan this year more so than any year. Um, in the forward line and if Galan is kind of marked out of a game um, traditionally Limerick had other forwards that would step up it's just this year that's yet to really happen for them Um, Flanagan had a poor Munster final like can he step up the next day maybe that's what needs to happen for Limerick but again look they are the team to beat Um, they have the experience at Crow Park, they know how to go out there and win it and whereas Galway don't yet, (laughs) Galway have have to experience that yet and um, I still think as well the way Godway lost the Lancer final if it comes down to stretch again and even the way that they let Tipperary back into it when the game should have been dead and buried like they're kind of negatives that you don't really want going into the semi-final like, especially as we said if it is going to be a really close one at the end so yeah I'm going to go with uh, a limerick clear trilogy as Kieran
0: alluded God, to there here. won't be enough media column inches to kind of fill that will there uh, to be fair, but uh, yeah, guys, it's been a lengthy one tonight anyway. I know next week, look, we'll have a more in-depth look at these two mold waterings, semi-finals anyway, but I suppose many thanks, Rory, many thanks, uh, Kieran. With lightning's lightnings twice, twice, we'll find out in two weeks' time, but I suppose until next week, guys, enjoy the weekend. We'll chat next week. Cheers, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, Why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.